Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Prep Your Standard NATO. Today's guest is Wayne McMurtry, also known as the Rogue Adventurer and Run for Resilience. Thank you so much for coming in today. Thanks for having us here today. Now, you're not WA-based. Uh, not at the moment, no. Living over in Queensland, so up in Mackay. So this worked out really well that you just happened to be in town. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't quite just happen to be in town, but yeah, it was uh, really convenient and we could, we could catch up. Great. Now, you're a veteran, right? Yes, I am. How long did you serve for? So I served 17 years with the Australian Army, both mm-hmm. as a reservist and a regular soldier. So a bit of, bit of effort going in there then. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you go from being in the military to, what is it, ultra marathons? Yeah, ultra marathons. Essentially, discovering running was kind of the one of the one of the things that I found helped me with my transition from military service to civilian life. Mm-hmm. What I found was that running, you know, I mean, people say, "How can you run so far?" It's like, well, I didn't just start running so far. So I started literally just with five and ten k fun runs. Yep. I really enjoyed the community that that provided. It was also a really good outlet just to. You know, let off some steam by mm-hmm. going for a good hard run. Yep. But then basically, I I kind of just discovered that I kind of enjoyed the run, and so then I started running a little bit further, and I did a half marathon, and then decided that I, w- I wanted to try a marathon. And basically, that year, the only marathon that was left was one that was actually an ultra marathon. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up doing a forty-seven k first marathon because that's how far I was. My eyes just um, bubbled. <laughs> <laughs> And so, yeah, I, I kind of went, wow, this is, this is kind of fun. It was a challenge. Mm-hmm. It, was, it really was. And every, every ultra marathon is so uniquely different, even if it's on the same course. Yep. The environment's different. The way you feel that day is different. So much goes into it. And the beauty, the beauty of the whole thing really was that there was such an amazing community spirit. And the easiest way to put it in sort of in a perspective is is that for that brief period of time for that mm-hmm. length of time that that race may take everyone is focused on a really specific mission everyone's goal is to get through that particular race mm. the beautiful thing about it is that each person is willing to help the person next to them it's not a competition mm. against another runner it's actually just a competition against yourself okay but you can't get through it on your own yeah and that transcends across a lot of things and it really goes back to the whole the whole military aspect of you there with a team, you know, no man's on their own. So it's a pack um, run, but you're doing it for fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you spend hours and hours on your own. <laughs> now, you've somehow turned this into a business as well? Yeah, so I've, I've basically just started branching out into trying to make it a standalone business. So mm. last year in September, I ran from Brisbane to Winton. And that was 1,500 kilometres. Right, okay. <laughs> um, the, the funny story of that is that I kind of woke up one day and thought I really need to do something. I thought of this a week later, I started planning it, three weeks later I was running it. So that was very impromptu. Mm-hmm. Luckily I'd been training for five years to be able to actually pull it off. <laughs> so it's certainly not something that most people could wake up one day and just decide to do. Mm. Although it kind of comes across that way sometimes when we talk about it. And so the idea behind that one essentially was that I, I wanted to do something that was that was different and out there and could just tell a story. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it was my own story of finding running and using that to re-engage with the community around me. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, why not just share that story? So 
I started looking at routes and then I discovered that in 1914 there was a troop train that took troops to war from Winton to Brisbane. Mm. So it picked up guys in Winton, so that was the catchment area for central west Queensland. And then as the train went back through to Brisbane, picked up more people, put one into Brisbane, the guys got trained for a month, thrown on a ship, and then sailed over to Egypt and then eventually um, Gallipoli. Mm. So I thought, well, that's that was a really great route, I could just do that. So I was kind of starting Winton. But then I thought, well, hang on a minute. Why don't we make this, because it's a story about coming home, why don't we make this about the actual journey home? And so let's go from Brisbane to Winton. And the the really cool thing as I started thinking about this even more was that it really is just like when someone gets out of the military. Mm. They go from a large area where there's a lot of people around them, they've got a good community base, they will then travel back to wherever they came from. They may even just go through a, a personal journey where they go into a, 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 an isolation of such. So you go from a major population centre out to a, you know, a really small country town where there's next to nothing mm. and you're on your own. And so it was that transition of going you know, from a group environment to being on your own. The run itself, I was on my own for most of it. But the beautiful thing was that we actually stopped in at different RSLs along the way. We stopped in at different community groups. We had you know, we, we caught up with different cadet units along the way. It was amazing. Mm. And by doing that, it really showed that you could connect with community. It didn't matter where you were. There was always someone who knew your story or who could understand. Mm. And that's the main thing that I wanted to show with that one. The beauty of having done it last year was that it was actually also Centenary of Armistice. Yep. And that really fit in when I, when I kind of realised this. It really fit in with the whole concept of the journey home. Mm. So obviously we know that we, we train our troops really well to go to war, but we don't train them so well to come home. And so that was kind of really fitting. It showed that, you know, in World War One when that ended, a lot of troops had struggles coming home. Every conflict between now or between then and now, you know, a lot of guys and girls struggle coming home. Mm. So it's something that we need to work better at as a community to bring people together. There's a lot of great organisations doing a lot of great work. But I think, you know, we could do more on the ground, sort of, you know, on the coalface, bringing people together sort of thing and reconnecting. And so, yeah, so that's kind of what the business is about. And it's uh, very fledgling, mm-hmm. so we'll see what happens, but <laughs> it'll be fun. That is the, the first time I've ever heard transition being described in that way, and it just it fits perfectly. That imagery is, yeah, it's just a perfect description of that period of time. Mm. Oh, well done. <laughs> You're going to start like posters and, trans, you know, <clears throat> marketing material is running through my head right now. <laughs> that picture. I love that. That's amazing. Thank you. Okay. So you use running to cope with your transition and then you've turned that into a business and you've set up Run for Resilience. So how exactly does endurance running help you like keep the demons at bay or help you help other people? Good question. I'm still trying to figure that out. No, <laughs> look, endurance running itself, it's such a, it's such a, a mental and a physical challenge. Mm-hmm. Basically, when I started running, it was like, I can't stand being around me, so I'm just going to get out of everyone else's hair. You know, yep. If I can't stand me, then probably no one else can stand me, so how do I get away? <laughs> yep. The easiest way was just to go for a run. And so literally, short runs turn into longer runs, and then you'd go and spend a few hours. Mm-hmm. The physical act of moving actually gets things moving in your head as well and it gets process. Mm. It's amazing. So 
you may or may not have heard of flow state or being in the zone before. Yes, I have. Okay, so when you're in a flow state, you're kind of not thinking in a straight line that, that cuts out all the all the noise coming out from everywhere mm-hmm. and your brain automatically just takes tangents left and right as to whatever suits where it's kind of going mm. because you're not consciously thinking of that. So then you come to conclusions and you can solve things that normally if you're thinking logically, you can't. And so endurance running was actually a really great way to process things. I didn't realize that at the start, <laughs> but when I realized that I'm like, wow, this is really cool. And so it was a form of meditation. Mm-hmm. A lot of people go, oh, meditation, because they think you have to sit in a quiet place and stop your mind from doing crazy things. Yeah, you go do your alms and your shanties and yeah, whatnot, yeah. No, you don't. You know. <laughs> meditation really is just being mindful. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can be present where you are in a, in a certain period of time, then you're meditating. Mm-hmm. So for me, running, you kind of got to be conscious about what you're doing when you're running. You're in the zone. You can think about it and it processes. If you're riding a bike, if you're walking your dog, you can be in the zone there and you can mm. meditate, you can be mindful. You have to think about what your dog's doing. Be in that moment and don't let anything else go on around you. You know, don't worry about that other stuff and your processes. So the endurance running itself was just a way to, to process things without knowing that that's what I was doing and that ended up being the fact that, wow, that works really well. And so then I guess that's kind of really the gist of, of what it is and, and why. Yeah. And it's just grown from there. Great. No, I actually fully understand what you're saying there. Um, I'm a weightlifter and I've, I used weightlifting to get through my PTSD when I was first diagnosed. And you get into this zone, um, I think most weightlifters call it the pump. And you get into that spot and that's all you're thinking about. Yeah. Your mind's quite clear. You feel really just energized and really good about yourself. Yeah, you, you start thinking about things you didn't realize you were thinking about. And uh, I'm a writer, so I'd have uh, I learned to take a, a notepad with me and just jot things down. And you come back to a lady like it's genius. <laughs> yeah. if, if if you know how many times that I solved the the world hunger and, and um, <laughs> conflict in the human species on the run, it would be crazy. You but, need a little recorder in your pocket. <laughs> I know, and I have one on my phone, but I never think to pull it out. And then I'm like, oh, I'll remember that later. And you're like, oh crap. Yeah, you never I remember it. No. <laughs> Do you use anything when you're running to keep you going so you don't listen to music or podcasts or anything? Generally not, no. Sometimes during training I will, mm-hmm. but for the most part I, I generally just run and listen. Most of my running is done in the bush. Yep. And if you're allowing yourself to be in the moment um, and be present, you need to kind of listen to what's going on around you and the birds and just the sound of your footfall. Um, and it really is, it opens you up to so much more around you. Yeah. Great. Awesome. So you've become an ambassador for PTSD Resurrected? Yeah. A funny story, the Andy and Zoe, the founders of PTSD Resurrected, I worked with Andy years ago in the, in the army and mm-hmm. never realised when I first met him that, that that was the case. And then a friend of mine um, who also worked with Andy, he's like, oh, remember Andy? He was blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh. And it's like, he was the dude that charged you, wasn't he? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay. So... <laughs> And then it turns out that, that these two guys were living next suburb over from each other on the mm. Gold Coast, and they didn't even realise that they were so close. Yeah. So it was kind of a, a crazy reconnection. I kind of I, I met Andy through another friend. I did a eighty-four kilometre run in Bali last year, mm-hmm. the Bali Hope Ultra, and I met a, a lady who worked with Andy. She she did their books or does their books, and after the the Bali Hope. She's like, oh, you know, you should you should meet meet Andy because he's really cool and he does the same sort of stuff you're into. So I'm like, oh yeah, no worries. So we caught up and had a chat and like it was straight away we disconnected. Mm-hmm. And so he said, look, 
we want to support you on this run. So this was for last year's run for resilience. And he said, look, you know, what can we do? And I said, well, I need a charity because if I'm just doing it for a run, then I'll look stupid. <laughs> so if I do it for something, then it looks cool. So I thought, I'll just do it for something. So we connected there. Okay, it was a bit deeper than that, but we had a we just had an amazing connection and it, and it was really good. So we, we did the run. We worked together. Um, we raised quite a bit of money for them, which was a whole lot of fun. And then afterwards, Andy and Zoe said, look, we'd love you to actually come on board and be an ambassador for us. So I was, yeah very stoked to, to have that okay. exciting so looking forward to it what does your role include being an ambassador basically it's it's just being it's the, the someone that's in the public public eye or in, in, the, mm-hmm. in the forefront sort of going out and spreading the message for PTSD resurrected and what is it they do mm-hmm. and then it's being also that person who I guess can be a an inspiration or you know an example of what you know what is possible mm-hmm. you know I'm not saying that I do everything right but you know as long as you recognize when you're going off track and then when you realize that you get yourself back on track it's all mm-hmm. good it's life you know everyone does that you'd know that yourself I'd know that yeah um, and yeah it's just it's the same look you know if you're going through hard stuff there's ways to deal with it my way is completely different to someone else's because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who would not want to run oh I'm not a runner yeah. no I'm a weightlifter but screw I running like, I don't like lifting everything so yeah. it works <laughs> But yeah, so it's just it's just being an example. You know, this is this one way to deal with it. You just figure out your own tribe, and then you'll find your own ways to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But if you don't show people that there are ways, then they may not know to look, because I guess you don't know what you don't know, do you? No, no, you're exactly right. Uh, <coughs> and it, I guess it's not easy putting yourself out there as that person either. No, I mean, then you've got to talk about things, and <laughs> you've got to express, and you've got to admit to people that you know you had PTSD or you have PTSD because you never really lose it. And uh, that you're forever dealing with it, and uh, that's not always easy to stand up in front of someone and say. It gets easier, but you do you do have to be careful that you don't just get into a too much of a habit of just saying what people kind of want to hear. Yeah, you do have to make sure that you stay genuine, genuine and authentic with it, mm-hmm. and it changes every time. You know, you've got to make sure that you do stay legit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this is the kind of community you'll get called on it pretty quickly oh, yeah. if you're yeah. if you're not legit. <laughs> So what's next then? What are you training for? Where are you going from here? Well, what's next is in two days, so on Wednesday, <laughs> I'm running 200 miles, uh, actually 218 miles, so it's about 350 kilometres mm-hmm. from North Cliff down yep. to Albany. That's predominantly on the Bibbulmun track. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, well, basically that run, it's just it's an actual race. It's a 200-mile race called the Delirious West. Yeah, um, that sounds like a good name for it. Yeah. <laughs> I expect to be extremely delirious after a couple hundred k's. Don't worry. <laughs> that's that's just the race. It's organised by organised by a good friend of mine, Sean Kaysler. Mm-hmm. He's got a series of races around Western Australia, and one of them that is the the next one that I'll be coming over for is actually Life Horse Ultra, mm-hmm. which Sean's opened up for free entry to anyone who's been serving work serving. So it's really cool. The, the fun thing about that one is that you don't have to run a long time. Mm-hmm. It's a three, six, or 12-hour race. The shin's a nine-hour, I think. So you can walk for three hours. Mm-hmm. You don't have to run. Um, <laughs> or you can decide to be crazy and run for 12 hours. So that'll be the next one. But that's going to be really cool, and I'm, I'm the ambassador for that run as well. Um, awesome. Yeah, and we're using that to raise money for PTSD Resurrected. 
Great. Yeah, we've been in contact with those guys and uh, we're setting up a podcast interview with them soon, hopefully, so they can tell us all about the race as well. I know they do it every year for Anzac Day. And uh, as you said, guys, it's free for anyone who has served, so make sure you get involved if you can. Now, so you're doing the the track down at Albany, so that's actually, I'm not sure if you're aware, that's the track that our troops went down. Yes. Before they went off to war, so you're hitting both sides of the country. (laughs) (laughs) The plan for Run for Resilience is this year I'll be doing a run called the men from Snowy River, mm-hmm. and that's actually going to follow the recruitment march that was done um, through the Blue Mountains right. for World War One. That'll be a fun little adventure. But then in the next year or two, I'll actually be coming over to WA and doing a specific. So we'll have to sit down and and do some discussions about that. All right, happy it's going to be good to uh, <laughs> to have a couple of years of planning for that one. <laughs> yeah, the the intention behind, I guess, the run for resilience really is that I want to recreate or retrace as many of the recruitment marches that I can mm-hmm. and it's essentially well why not do one in every state to start with and so that could literally you know, state territory is going to take seven years so let's just get rolling and, <laughs> and we'll do that and it'll be fun great awesome uh, well I love the message I uh, love what you're doing uh, I think you're a little bit nuts for running that far but just a little bit just a little bit <laughs> look I'm being polite here <laughs> I want you to come back so I've got to be nice so when you hit down to Albany you have to stop off at the the, the light display they've got down there for the, the yeah. Anzacs because it's stunning and that'll knock your socks off so is there any other quick little stories that you want to share or not really I'm, I'm really looking forward to this ultra down in Northcliffe to Albany it's going to be horrible <laughs> it's ridiculous I mean it's 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 a really great analogy I think ultra running and the struggles that people go through after service and and I think that's the main thing I kind of want to I want to want to put across to everyone is if you think about it the the transition is just like an ultra you know you may or may not feel good when you go into it mm-hmm. and then there's a period where you've got people around you and everyone's excited and then over time you start to thin out you wear, you start to get worn down you end up in a really dark and horrible place and everything hurts and you really just want it to end but if no matter how bad it gets, if you just push that little bit further, you get through the other side. And then when you do get to whatever the finish line is that you want to make it, but literally finishing an ultra, it just feels so amazing when you cross that line. And the people that are there with you, even if you don't see them, there's people in the background that are always doing something that are always going to be helping. And so you can always just sort of reach out and connect with somebody who will understand where you're, where you're coming from. And yeah, just push through when it gets really, really hard and dark. And I'm saying this right now because I need to remind myself this in a few days' time <laughs> when I'll be going second night with no sleep. But yeah, no matter how dark it gets, it's, there is always, there is always you know, something on the other side. And you know, if I hadn't found ultra running, I don't know what might have happened, mm-hmm. but you know, going through something that's a, a physical and mental reminder every time I run is a really, a really good thing to just make me realise how lucky I am to still be here, mm-hmm. and I want to help show everyone else that that's something to look forward to, although you don't have to run a ridiculous long distance. <laughs> no, like I said, I think your analogy of it is, it's spot on. It's a really, really profound way of looking at it. Where can people find you online? Facebook's always really good. If you just look for Run for Resilience, you can use the four number or the four of the words and you'll, you'll find it. Uh, on the interweb, Run for with the number four Resilience. And you can always look at PTSD Resurrected. 
they've um, got some great info there and that's probably about it just just google my name or google run for resilience and you'll find us great if you want to know more about ptsd resurrected we did interview them a couple of weeks ago so jump back in the podcast and have a look at them too thank you so much for your time thank you for having us good luck on the uh, the next run (laughs) thanks